Hey guys, how are we getting on? Hope we're all good. Welcome back to the JCC podcast for episode number 56. Hope we're all having a fantastic day. I'm going to be recording this on a recording this at the moment on Monday evening. Hopefully you guys will be listening to this on maybe Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, whatever that it is. Hopefully you're having an incredible day nonetheless. So this podcast episode is going to be driven because I've had a lot of conversations with clients all finishing up dieting phases and in the summer of course moving into an improvement phase across winter time i know it's an end of july but we're going to be closing in one more month of summer left really and moving into an improvement phase and a lot of clients are going to be moving into this um, phase which i know that you know this is a very very similar dialogue or the same conversations i've been having to try and nail this this phase for them to build maximal muscle tissue so i thought that if i'm talking about this to all these clients so i'm trying to help them I know that a lot of you guys are going to be going through this as well. So I thought it'd be a really useful podcast for me to provide a little bit of value. So with that said, it's going to be the five key tips to building maximal muscle tissue. So number one, we cannot talk about anything else on this podcast other than training as number one, because no one has ever built muscle tissue on their frame by having the perfect hydration status, the correct step count targets, the best cardio plan, the you know the best sleep and wait times, the best stress management protocols, the best electrolyte balance, whatever that it is, even all of them together won't build muscle tissue. The only way that, that can help facilitate muscle tissue is if there is a stimulus in the first place. That stimulus has got to come from training, training intensity, progression, performance. So a couple of things that we'll touch on is going to be one, training volume. Training volume just needs to be you know, in a good place for you to be able to recover from and therefore progress the next day. The best way for you to understand how much training volume works for you is start at a low baseline. Start at 15 working sets. Can you progress all of those sets? Yes, great. Let's try 18 working sets. Can you progress all of them? Yes, great. Try 21 working sets. Uh, most sets have been progressed. Four or five you know, across the week were retained. Let's try 25 working sets. Um, all of them re- regressed or retained. Then you know that 25 is too many. 21 seems like almost a little bit too much. Maybe like 18 to 20 might be the sweet spot for you. And the best way for you to do that, like I said, is by checking your logbook and seeing like, are all your lifts in there progressing? And if they're not, that's really good feedback to say this is too much in that kind of less is more approach. It's going to be like that inverted U curve where you get to a certain point where it starts then regress. And that's something we want to try and steer clear of, of course. So training volume, you want to be able to think of it like this, the more potential frequency of stimulus that you can create, the better. So the more training volume that you can do, the better. But like I said, you're going to get to a certain stage where it's too much that it's actually affecting the rest of your session or the session the next day or the session the next week. So just hitting that sweet spot of enough training volume that you can progress everything and and keep logbook numbers moving in a positive direction. Exercise selection then is going to be number two. This is for me, I actually put up a post about this today. I believe I wrote that exercise selection is over, um, over analyzed. What am I, what's, what's the word that I use? Is uh, overrated, excuse me. It's completely overrated in my opinion because the perfect training plan 
that has, you know, the shortened position, the mid position, the lengthened position nailed, reverse banded here and specialization block there and this perfect order of exercise sequence and all this kind of stuff. It's completely useless. Even training volume at that is completely useless if we can't create effective reps in the gym. So training, you know, training is train splits and, and um, you know, exercise order and exercise selection whatever it is you know just try and select exercise that suit you connect well with but that you can train very very hard with and progress because there's a great phrase i like to use with with clients it's going to be the closer to failure you go the more likely you are to grow and i mean that because all the research is showing us that the closer to failure i.e zero to four reps in reserve meaning that zero reps in reserve mean you tried the final rep and you couldn't get it. Four reps in reserve mean that you know that you have four reps in the tank before you get to that zero RIR where you cannot do another rep. So it's, these are incredibly hard sets. Four RIR sounds like you're leaving a lot. It, it's not. You know, that's a very, very hard set still. But I like to try and train towards that kind of two RIR, one RIR, or zero RIR, or even assisted reps, ideally. Because the closer, I, I believe that there's going to be a higher stimulating rep every rep you go past. So let's say if you're doing a 10 rep set, that means the first rep is 10 RIR, the least amount of stimulus from that rep. Then nine RIR is rep two, a little bit more. Then eight, then seven, then six, and five, then four. And what, though pretty much those first six reps are completely useless. They're just simply getting you to a place where you're, you've created a bit of fatigue that you now start to create effective reps. For for us to understand you know, what effective reps look like, usually what we're looking for is, is an involuntary slowing of concentric speed. So if you think at the bottom of a bench press, let's say you, you get the barbell right towards the chest, either you touch the chest or go, go as far as you need to go, and you start to press it, and it's really, really slow to move. It's really, really slow, 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 and then you lock it out. That's an effective rep, in my opinion, because it's involuntary slowing of concentric speed. The first rep, it goes down and it goes up. Nice, smooth, easy cadence. There has to be a difference between those two reps. And once you start to create these slower reps, that would be counted, in my opinion, as an effective rep. And the more of them you can accumulate, the better. I actually, have, to give this a little bit of a practical sense, actually, I have a video. If you type in Josh Cowan, um, effective reps on YouTube, the first video that comes up will... We'll, we'll, um, we'll show you. It's a density today showing you how that actually looks in a practical sense. But what we're looking for here is more you know, effective reps, training closer to failure, training you know, as close to failure as we can, or maybe some assisted reps. What I'm doing at the moment for myself, because it, if you take every single one of your sets, assisted reps, it's going to be a lot of fatigue. I'm doing you know two assisted reps at the moment per workout, pretty much, where my, let's say my incline chest, so today, for instance, the two assist reps that I did are going to be for my chest because my chest is my weakest area of my body. It's going to be the first top set on my um, dumbbell low incline press and the first top set of my um, incline hammer strength, hammer strength press. So I'm having my two incline patterns um, assisted today. I'll do the same on my hack squat and my leg press assisted reps, only two sets because my quads are my weakest areas of my body as well. Okay. So if we were to skip the whole rest, the whole rest of the podcast or the rest of the podcast and just focus on that one point, learning how to train harder, learning how to bring more intensity to sets, learning how to take sets all the way, learning how to take sets all the way and then get an assisted rep. That is where the most 
bang for a buck is going to be. The next one then is going to, of course, be nutrition. I'm going to break this up into two points. One is going to be calories. One is going to be macros. So, of course, you know, it's not new news to you to hear that being in a calorie surplus or a surplus of energy is going to be massively beneficial to facilitating recovery and also growth. I think that we all we often think, you know, of recovery as just being sleep, 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 sleep alone, stress management and sleep. But actually, one of the most useful tools that you can have to improve recovery is going to be a calorie surplus and just calories in general. So being in a surplus just puts your body into such a better environment for growth comparatively to deficit or maintenance phase. Two then, protein, excuse me, macros. Protein number one, okay. I like to try and keep protein at about, at the very bare minimum, two grams per kilo of body weight. I like to do at least one pound, you know, usually, which is 2.2 grams per kilo of body weight all the way up to 2.5, maybe even 2.7 at, at a high level. I like to try and keep, pro- I would call that moderate to high protein. I just like having a positive protein balance. I would try and break up your protein intakes to about four to six meals a day, which means that you have a more frequent um, split of, of uh, muscle protein synthesis rather than just one towards the end of the day. Having more frequent uh, stimulus is going to be much more beneficial for muscle growth. Fats are the one where, you know, I just like to try and keep it at a pretty static level for clients. It's great from a blood glucose management perspective, from, you know, slowing down digestion as well in a pre-workout meal. Other than that, though, it's not it's not as useful as we need it. The main building block for this and driver is going to be carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are if you're driving the car on a big road trip, you need to put petrol in the tank. Carbohydrates are the petrol that go in the tank to, dr- to drive the car. So try and think of that. Carbohydrates are going to be what we use to be able to drive performance in the gym. Carbohydrates are going to be our glucose, you know, broken down to glucose, are going to be uh, restoring glycogen levels, which are going to be used for training performance. So we think about, you know, glycogen, which we want to store energy and store and, and use in our training, is going to be replenished from glucose, carbohydrates. So having more carbohydrates is going to be a hell of a lot more beneficial, particularly around the training window. Your pre and post workout meal should be the highest calorie and the highest carbohydrate meals of the day, ideally, as long as you can adhere to everything across the week. Okay. So train intensity, nutrition. Next one's going to be recovery. You know, there's a great phrase, you can only train as hard as you can recover. I'm sure you've heard, heard me say that multiple times. And if you're under-recovered, you're simply just going to walk in the gym, low desire to train. You know, you're not going to be in, in the session cognitively. You're probably not going to progress your lifts the way that you want, and therefore you're not achieving the number one goal of training intensity and progression. So taking time to put into practice, you know, um, or booking in time across the day to be able to take your intervention seriously. Good quality, consistent sleep, same sleep and wake times per day, correct hydration status, getting enough electrolytes in the bloodstream, having enough fuel, you know, fueling up post-session, stress management interventions while keeping the heart rate nice and low and chilled, not doing too much steps, not doing too much training volume, not doing too much cardio. All of these things are going to be really positive to help you in your recovery to be able to help with your training performance. Nutrition is going to help with your training performance and everything is geared back towards your training performance. Number four then is going to be your environment of people around you, your gym, your training partners. One thing I've really learned this year for myself is my move to one gym um, is the new gym that I'm training at now at the moment. And between the kit and the, the equipment they have available, the gym itself, 
the people who are in the gym, the PTs who I train with all the time and ask me to spot them, the IFBB pros walking around, you know, training and watching them train, professional bodybuilders, you know, my training partners and the, and the, the gym goers that I, 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 I train with from time to time as well. It's, it's just gone on such another level and it's really made me raise my standard. There's guys in the corner who are, you know, pushing to go to the Olympia, you know, girls in the corner are pushing to the Olympia and the way that they train and how they take their training that seriously, it, it just makes you, it makes you level up. And it's been such a cool change for me to go from quite like a, a quite a commercial based gym to a gym that's at that high of a standard, that high of a standard. Sorry, George is coming in with his bone here and it's going to make a hell of a lot of noise if it, if it hits the ground. That ha- that high of a standard has made me level up individually as well. So have a little bit of think about that. Like, who are you surrounding yourself with? Where are you surrounding yourself? What gym are you going to? Are you going to a commercial gym or can you go to a bodybuilding focused gym? Who are you training with? Could you train with people that are stronger than you, more progressed or more progressed than you? You know, that's going to make you level up. Are they taking their physique journey seriously? If you want to take it seriously, are the people around you taking it seriously? Are they are they just there to train, you know, three times a month and just not really care about training at all? You know, are those the people that you need to be training with, or are the people who are going to take you up to that next level and pull you up there? Do you know? Have a really good think about that right now. This is something that. I think that has changed massively for me and really resulted in some serious progress over the last couple of months. Number five is going to be enough time. Such a boring one. I know patience, enough time, all that kind of stuff. But trying to rush a muscle building phase is the worst thing you can do. Why? You're going to build incredible amounts of of body fat Okay, if you try and do this too quickly. You're going to rush this process. You're going to minimize the amount of muscle you can grow. I always say that, let's say, if you have a weight cap that, that you have to get to, like myself and AJ said, we'd probably land about 92 to 95 kilos from 73. Okay, so 73 to 90, let's say 93, that's 20 kilos. If if I get there in 20 weeks, my, my improvement phase is done. I'm only going to be able to grow so much muscle tissue in that period. And if it takes me 20 months, okay, it's still the same amount of scale weight gains, probably the same amount of body fat gain in that period, but it's been prolonged so much more that I have, how many more sessions do I have in 20 months? Potential stimulus in 20 months can barely be to 20 weeks. So the longer that you can take in this phase, the more potential stimulus that you can create, the more potential adaptation that can happen off the back of that, the more muscle you can potentially grow. I like to think of improvement phases should last no shorter than four months. And to be honest, I don't think I've ever run an improvement phase for a client for four months, but that's the absolute bare minimum. I think six to 12 months is a really, really good time period to be in, potentially even longer. I think myself and Mark are going to be coming up to, I think, August, August, September. I believe it's coming up to about 11 months so, so far. I think we have, we'll get, surpass a year, but lots of clients being in surpluses for very long periods of time. And you know what? They're the clients who look completely different the next time they diet down because they've spent enough time in a surplus. Okay. So again, just to recap, the five tips for building mass and muscle tissue are going to be really hard, aggressive training, intensity, and progression. Nutrition, being in a surplus, having enough carbohydrates, enough protein, recovering well enough, having the correct environment around you and giving yourself enough time, okay? If you guys have found this useful, please make sure to share it on your stories, tag me in. I really, really do appreciate uh, whenever you guys do that. 
Um, it helps me help more people. Uh, and the more people that I can help, that's going to be my, my mission. The second thing as well is going to be coaching spots are going to be available. So we're coming into the month of August. July was another really good month for the intake and a great intake for the team as well. And we're coming into August intake, which is now open for applicants for everything from lifestyle transformations. People are looking to try and just improve you know, their health, their well-being, their physique, run a lifestyle transformation, lose some body fat or gain some muscle tissue, but not in a uber strict way that they can still enjoy the social life. Preps, photo shoot preps, you know, competition preps, people are looking to try and take their physique from you know, good to great, get to that next level, be competitive on stage, run a photo shoot prep and go all in. We are, One thing that I, I really um, stand for is being able to coach everyone. And I love having a massive variety of clients. So if you fit into that bracket and you're looking to try and improve your health, your well-being and your physique as well, make sure you hit the description in our bio. There's a apply for coaching button in there, which you can give me a little bit of information about, about what coaching you want and your goals. And then you can also book in a free call with myself to discuss everything from a, on a consultation perspective, where we're at the moment, where we want to try and get you to, and how can we set the roadmap for success to achieve that. Other than that, guys, have a fantastic rest of your day. Like I said, hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. Keep sharing it and, uh, and we'll catch you in the next one.